listening to How I Sell, a podcast built for early career sales professionals. You'll hear stories, best practices, and guidance from top sales leaders on what it takes to become a sales superstar. Today's episode is made possible by Ramped Careers. Ramped is on a mission to build the next generation of workforce-ready talent. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to How I Sell. I am your host today, Danny Leonard. And today we have a very special guest joining us. That's Mariah Donnelly, the Senior SDR Manager at Greenhouse. Mariah has over a half decade as a sales leader and has spent the last three years specifically leading the sales development management team over at Greenhouse. Uh, Mariah, it looks like you and I have actually taken nearly an identical path in life. We both hail from Minnesota. I'm from Minnetonka. It looks like you went to Wyzetta, though. Uh, And then we went straight into a Big Ten school. Um, You obviously went to Wisconsin. I went to Michigan and then jumped into sales tech. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious to know how that path evolved for you. Yeah, it's a good question. I kind of feel like I fell into sales in some way. I don't know how, how you got in, but uh, I was an econ poli-sci major, which is kind of a whole lot of nothing when you're in college. Like what path do you take? Where do you go from there? Um, I had a background in debate. That's what I did in high school. So I, I love speaking, love art, like articulating, love persuasion. So it kind of led me to this path uh, to explore sales careers. But I was not familiar with the tech world at all. Um, My older siblings weren't in tech. The people around me weren't in tech. So honestly, I I feel like I kind of fell into sales. Um, I remember I started just researching tech companies I was interested in and then just looking at roles that I felt qualified for. And I think when you're a new college grad, you really don't know what that is. But sales roles just kept like popping up. I found a company I was really interested in. It was called shopteeks.com. And I found that the head of sales was a former Badger, actually. So was a Wisconsin alum. And I emailed him, did some cold outreach, not even realizing that sales uh, landed an interview and kind of the rest is history. Nice. I love it. I love it. I won't hold it against you that you were a badger coming from Minnesota, but, uh, but, but all good. No, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's a great school. I actually had a, a security deposit down at Statesider before choosing Michigan, um, which uh, so could, could have picked a, a totally different path there. Uh, so I want to take you back a little bit further um, to see if there's some, you know, kindling that started to emerge, but what were your formative years like? Who were you? before actually choosing that sales career? I'll start with high school. I kind of touched on this briefly, but uh, debate was like my main activity in high school. I spent my summers doing debate research, going to debate camp, which is like so nerdy to say in retrospect, went to Michigan actually for seven weeks um, because they have a great debate team. And so I spent a lot of my time in high school, uh, yeah, doing debate club, uh, getting into politics and economics. And then Uh, applied to colleges, but actually took a bit of a different route. Uh, Instead of going straight into college, I took a year off and lived in Brazil through a gap year program called Global Citizen Year. Uh, The program is really designed to help, you know, American youth. I I don't love that phrase, but I don't know, like young adults that have just graduated high school, like not find themselves, but go experience the world. Um, And not in a way that feels like 
you know, go fix this community. You have to go fix something. Rather, the goal was for us to be humbled and see how the other half lives um, or another part of the world lives. So I did that for nine months. It was crazy insane. Um, I went to Carnival. Uh, I experienced the police going on strike. So they had to send in the Brazilian wow. National Guard. Uh, it was a really informative year. I, I really learned so much. And from then I went into school and after living abroad and being in Brazil for a year, I realized school wasn't really where I wanted to spend the rest of my life. I, I, academia is great, but a classroom is only going to teach you so much. So I had three amazing years at Wisconsin. I, my goal was to graduate early. I did it in three, um, learned a lot there. And then, yeah, wanted to get out of the Midwest, unfortunately, as fast as I could. I know, Danny, we're both from Minnesota and we both went to school in the Midwest. I love it. It's a great place to grow up. It, it really informed who I am, but I really wanted to get to New York and leave the Midwest. I love the uh, East Coast mentality of being direct and uh, being direct and not... What's the word that I'm looking for? Like not apologizing for wanting, wanting to be successful or be career focused. Yep. Uh, and so that was kind of my goal is like get through college, get a degree and land a job and get to New York. You wanted to, to, uh, to scrap and shed the, uh, the Minnesota nice outer shell for that, for that East Coast vibe. Well, it's funny because in Minnesota, I had never been called nice. I my like, yeah. uh, my demeanors, I'm, I'm pretty direct. And when I'm in New York, people are like, you're so nice. And I'm like, where were you the first like 22 years of my life? I really felt like I'd, I was at an identity crisis until I had moved to New York City. That's great. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you you found your place out there. And uh, I love New York, too. Um, I, I had the opportunity early in, in my career to uh, to manage a team of outside salespeople that that were based in New York. So I got to go out like once every three weeks and I was at Groupon. So love it. Um, love the city. And, uh, uh, I chose, I chose West coast, but, um, but still, uh, it's, 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 it's awesome there. Um, so I want to take you back then, you know, moving out of college, obviously you took that first sales role. How was it for you to sell to senior decision makers as an individual, uh, contributor where you, apprehensive? How did you deal with the apprehension? If, if you were, was it, um, was it easy for you? Yeah. Let me give you some more context on my first role. Cause I think that would be important to this discussion. So I joined a series, a startup based out of New York. It was a fashion startup uh, where the premise was small boutiques from all over the world would put their merchandise on one single platform, like an Amazon for, but for like boutique fashion. So I actually sold to small business owners. Um, and for me, I mean, it's not quite an executive, but the executive of their small business, uh, it was hard. You know, I'm like a 22 year old trying to tell this store owner that's been running their business for the last 10 years that they should spend, um, you know, X amount to get onto our website and then a certain amount of commission for everything that's sold. And um, yeah, it was really scary at first, but practice makes perfect, I guess. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that tends to be a common theme of you just kind of hustle, grind it out, make as many calls, talk to as many people as you possibly can until it just becomes, you know, second nature for you. 
Um, so moving on a bit, and I do want to talk about your start at, at Greenhouse. How did you find that company? And, you know, why did you choose them as your next path? Yeah, it's a great question because this is very informative, like a very formative experience for me and a very important moment in my life. So I left my first job because the company culture wasn't what I was looking for. It was very much a grind, like you said. Uh, I was in the office at 7 a.m., leaving at like maybe eight. So culture was kind of non existent. Um, and so I made a very active choice to leave that company without a job mm. lined up. I took two months off to find my next opportunity with the focus really being on a great company culture that I wanted to grow at. Uh, I had seen Greenhouse a few times, but it never really like registered on my radar. They were like a very up and coming name five years ago. But my friend who I had just met at my first company actually left uh, that company at the same time and applied for the SDR position at Greenhouse and did not get it. And she was like, Mariah, I know this sounds crazy. I didn't get this position, but you should still apply. This company is one of a kind. It's the best interview processes I've ever been through. And I think you'd really like it. Wow. But that's how I applied at Greenhouse. That's awesome. I'm glad to see also that a uh, applicant tracking system company has a great interview process. They certainly, certainly should practice what they preach, <laughs> I imagine. Um, yeah. So, and you've been there for, for quite some time. So why have you stuck with it? And, and what about that company is, is particularly special? Yeah, I mean, so cliche, but it's the people. Uh, we're a hiring company. So I guess like first and foremost, we stand behind our product. Uh, our product helps you find the right people for your company. And thus we hire really great people at Greenhouse. Yep. Um, and having the right talent really bleeds into everything. You'll have great leadership. You'll have leadership you want to work for. Uh, they make good decisions. Work becomes fun. You want to be around your coworkers. They're also smart. And so if you get the talent aspect right of your company, then the rest is like kind of history. Awesome. That's great. Um, and that's, that's great uh, advice to, to our folks who are looking at that first career. You know, a lot of times you think, I just need to take what I can get and I need to jump into a company just because I've been in this interview process. And a lot of times it's not the case and you really do need to think about it as I get to pick the folks that I'm around and the team that I'm around. So do take that time to understand, you know, what, who is around you and, and company culture and people at a company really mean almost everything. Um, 100%. I really like that because that's the advice I would give to new grads is like as much as the company is interviewing you, you're also interviewing them and just the same way you would follow your gut in like a relationship, like a romantic relationship. It's the same thing with, with the company. If you're getting bad vibes, follow that. Say no. I rejected two companies before I selected Greenhouse and I was unemployed for two months. Like some people would have just jumped on the first opportunity. If I took the first opportunity that um, I got an offer from after my first role, I probably wouldn't have had a job. I'm pretty sure that company is out of business. So just make sure that you you trust your gut. Yeah, that's great, Mariah. We've we've heard that you know over and over and over again, but it's often overlooked and forgotten. Is you have to feel the right way about the company. If you feel a little off going into it, it may just start to fester, and you may um, continue to feel that way throughout the time there. 
Uh, I want to move into your career as a leader at Greenhouse. So what do you love about leadership and more specifically about leading the team of sales development representatives over there? Good question. So what do I love about leading? For me, as a female in sales, I love getting other people that are uh, from different types of backgrounds into sales. I think that's very, very important. Sales is a high paying job and it is typically or has been up until really recently kind of a a male dominated field. And so what I love about leading a team is that I first am like a female sales leader and second, have the ability to get people from diverse backgrounds onto the sales path. Uh, because I do think it's such a lucrative path that has been closed off to um, different types of communities or minorities in the past. That's awesome. <clears throat> Something that we particularly pay attention to here at Ramped and going to toot our own horns here for a little bit. Um, at the top of our funnel, we aren't cutting anybody off uh, through you know some sort of income sharing agreement or mm-hmm. anything. There's no catch, no gotcha. It's all free. And I think it's just like a it's an education thing. I think folks just need to be educated on the benefits of this type of career path and that it is, uh, it's not necessarily, you know, what you see in the movies or the, you know, the, the big male figure dominating a room or dominating a call. There's actually a strategy. It's actually a job for everyone. Um, not just, you know, like you said, it was, it was, it kind of still is, unfortunately, dominated, you know, by, by, by males. Um, so I think we're, we're really focused on breaking that as well. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by your story uh, and how you're able to take that and be such a, a proactive and really thoughtful leader. That actually is what kind of drew me to Ramped and why I really appreciate the product is that, is that you guys do allow for discovery within the platform. I think that's something that's missing with a lot of your competitors in the market, right, is the people that have that are coming to you don't necessarily they know that they want a sales path yet. And that's part of the thing with tech is if you know you've never if you don't know anyone in tech or you've never been in tech yourself and you watch Silicon Valley, just to be cliche here on HBO, yeah. you would think it's a bunch of white dudes uh, in someone's house arguing over about like who's smarter. And that's not what it is. And so that's a big opportunity for Ramped, I think, is that discovery aspect is that, you know, maybe sales isn't right for for the, this person, but they get to discover that on their own. They don't need to come to the table knowing that they want to do sales. Yep, that that's awesome. And yeah, that's very specifically what we're all about is giving everybody access, letting them figure it out through the program. And at the end of the day, if they don't like it, great, learn on our dime, um, figure it out through Ramped. And you know, we'll hopefully put the folks who are interested in front of folks like you, you know, great, great employers that can um, hire quickly and hire them into a culture uh, that they feel really well supported by. Um, so Brings me to my next question, which I think is a good segue. What traits do you look for when you're hiring SDRs? Yes, I love this question because it's so important. Uh, and we're pretty upfront about what we look for in an interview process too with our SDRs because we're not trying to trick people. Um, and I would say that most companies hiring for SDRs are looking for people with these traits as well. So it's not just greenhouse. Um, the first is desire to be in sales. This job is a grind. And if you don't want to be in sales, it's going to be really hard to to want to do it day in and day out. 
So the first is a desire to be in sales. Two is that work ethic component. You'll stop at nothing to get to your number and do whatever it takes. Um, third is coachability, takes feedback, knows how to implement it. And then this fourth one is maybe specific to like earlier stage startups or companies that don't quite have their sales process nailed down is adaptability, right? Going with the flow, being able to be okay with change, not, you know, I don't want to knock any companies, but there's like the sales forces and the oracles of the world, right? Like they know what they're doing. They're super successful companies. You make this many calls to this many people, you will probably get this much quota. That's not true at a lot of tech startups. So you have to be able to go with the flow. Yep. That's great. That's great. And we hear that quite often as well um, as advice and as things that they, you know, SDR managers, SDRs, uh, SDR leaders look for is that adaptability, flexibility. And you hit on one that I love, which is hunger and kind of tenacity and determination to just plow through the BS out there, whether it comes in rejection, uh, the, the 90% rejection rate when you get on the phone call, or it comes in the face of um, changing uh, goals, changing uh, culture, changing whatever at, at a startup, especially a fast growing one like Greenhouse. What's one question that you ask every SDR interviewee when they're coming through your process at Greenhouse? Yeah, this is a good question. Uh, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? That's a great question. Uh, what's, what's an answer from that question that you particularly love? Well, what I'm looking for is interesting. One, uh, what do they think is hard? Because there are a bunch of different types of hard and sales is a, a specific type of hard. So I want to see what how they define what hard is. And then two, I want them to show me a side of themselves that wouldn't necessarily come out if I asked them, like, tell me about a time you missed a goal. Like, I want to know something personal about them. So the best answer is, you know, give me uh, insight into what they think is hard. And then also show me uh, a personal side of, you know, this is how I would be interacting with someone, or this is how I would be um, making a connection with them if they were to join the team. That's awesome. Um, And that's a question that we hear sometimes, but the way that you're using it in an interview flow, I think is really unique. Uh, And I love that you ask that and look to get those types of information and those types of feedback out from the interviewee. Um, what's one piece of tactical advice that you could share with our audience about interviewing for, uh, the SDR role in general? Hmm. So like something that they should be prepared for a skill. Yeah. So more, more on the interview process, like what's one thing that they should just expect to hit every time they're in an SDR interview. Oh my gosh. I feel like SDRs, SDR interviews are so cliche. Probably at this point, there's probably going to be like some sort of role play for us. That's a voicemail exercise for some companies. That's like a cold call, cold call. So you do need to have like some semblance of a company pitch down and then just be ready, you know, probably for the objections. No, we're not interested. Timing's wrong. We don't have budget. Um, then probably get asked questions about why sales, that's important uh, about a time that they missed a goal. And I think that covers like a lot of like probably 50 to 75% of the questions you'll be asked in any given interview process. Yeah. The why sales one is super interesting. It is something that you hear often. Um, 
The other thing that I'll say there is uh, it's a common question that people just fail and it's a litmus test question. At least when I was interviewing um, and I've you know, hired and trained thousands of SDRs in my career, It'd be something that if they lost me at that question, I usually ask it quite right at the beginning, they, they couldn't really recover from it. Um, I'm curious to know what you look for in an answer there. And um, if you use it somewhat similarly, you know, as kind of that litmus test of, are they really interested in sales? You know, that's such a good question. And it's funny because I was speaking with my manager last week about how we both fell into sales. And we're like, if someone had asked us why sales in our first um, sales interview uh, position, like, would we have answered that the way that we expect people to answer it today? And I don't, I don't think I would have nailed it in my interview process because I didn't really know what sales was. Yep. And so to that point, there's an attribute that we just, we assess for, which is, do they have a consistent narrative? Does their story make sense? And so that's actually a little bit more about what I'm looking for. Like, I want to know what brought them to this point and what they plan on doing with this sales development role. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, sales development isn't a career path uh, that someone usually embarks on to do forever. You rarely find what we call lifers in sales development, but sometimes you do. And so it's totally fine if sales isn't the end all be all goal, but I want to understand why. And behind that, it's like, what are the motivators? What are you going to do with that? And if sales isn't the long-term goal, how are you going to overcome the bad parts of sales, AKA the rejection, the long days, the wrapping your head around quota, et cetera. Great. Great. Yep. That, that makes sense. It's kind of that it's that catch-all question, right? It just gives you a lens into and a perspective into who they are, why they're here, and if they can make it past that like basic sales as SDR grind. Um, it's funny that you bring up the SDR lifers too. I've come across like a handful. Let's call it like under ten, uh, but they just love it. I don't know. I, I don't know why or how, but they're just like they're so in it, and uh, they hop from SDR job to SDR job, just crushing it along the way. And you can make pretty good money um, as as a lifer SDR. Uh, and I'm curious to know. This is this is kind of off topic, but I'm curious to know if you feel like that could exist more in the future. I think so. I think there's a real conversation to have in the tech world, um, especially sales tech around compensation for SDRs. And I know there are some advocates on LinkedIn that, that speak about this a lot, about how there's such a mismatch between what we pay an SDR and an AE, but also the expectations that we hold SDRs to. Yeah. And so I, in a world where compensation starts to actually match the expectations uh, that we want out of an SDR, I could see that becoming more of a uh, like a lifelong career path, the same way that being an AE and you know selling enterprise uh, SaaS software for forty years is a career path that should exist on the SDR side as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm I'm very bullish on SDR as a career. Given a few things change compensation wise and maybe spirits and attitude towards SDRs change, I think that's a reasonable approach to um, a long career in sales. Um, you know, two more questions and I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go. So one is what's a common misstep that you see early career salespeople make uh, specifically as they're coming up in that career? Mm, that's a good question. 
probably trying to move on too fast, which I'm sure is something that other SDR leaders have spoken with um, you about as well. But just getting anxious to move on to that next step. I'm, I mean, I even remember when I, you know, four years ago at this point, five years ago, like I felt the same way, like, oh, I need to move on. And part of that is uh, sales cultures within companies, right? Like they glorify the AEs and then they just tell the SDRs like slap on the back, great job and keep it up, right? So like I get it, psych- psychologically speaking, like you think you need to move up to be valued, but then too, it's also on on us to like understand what this, how this role, let me take a step back, how, how this role will like play in your career path career path. Like if you're a good SDR, you can get, get access to all different types of the business. We'll just like grinding out your process. Right. So if like you're someone who's interested in product, sit in the SDR role, just do your job for five hours and then go the other three, like go shadow your product people and then move into a product role. That's unheard of in other companies. So that was a bit of a long-winded answer, which is like, I understand the pressure to want to move up, but there's so much upside to staying in the SDR role uh, and just being good at it while exploring your career paths. Yep. Yep. I love it. Um, And certainly, certainly something we hear, we see, I, I'm sure I did in my first sales role too, is just like, want to get to the next, want to get to the next, want to get to the next really quickly. And that is, you're right. I think it's, I think it's partially a culture thing, partially, um, for me, at least, uh, it was a lack of experience thing. I didn't really understand how companies worked. And I was watching my peers get promoted, promoted, promoted. And I was like, all right, my turn, my turn, my turn. So um, I think it's a, a little bit of both. And I, 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 I agree with you. The SDR role, you should act like a sponge. You should soak up all the pieces of the business around you. And then you're, if you crush it, you're able to pick what direction you want to go. You can go into marketing. You can become an AE. You can go into customer success. There's many opportunities. It could be Salesforce operations, sales, you know, sales ops, um, you know, revenue ops. Like there's tons of directions you could take it uh, by just sitting back, doing doing a really good job, doing your work, and learning uh, about about a business and how it functions. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so, so last question for you. It's something we ask all our guests. Uh, if you could go back in time, now that you have the benefit of hindsight, what advice would you give uh, a young Mariah, either coming out of school or before that, uh, and, and, and why? Well, it's funny that the second to last question was kind of like the advice that I wish I gave myself, which is slow down a little bit. But I mean, perhaps it's just like trusting the process, right? As long as you are making uh, the the best decision for yourself in the moment, like things will come together. There have been moments in time where I'm like, oh, the person next to me is getting promoted faster or they're making more money or they seem like they're catching the eye of our CRO or our CEO. Things ebb and flow. You you have your highs, you have your lows, and it's about trying to live in that middle area of being content while also growing and recognizing the opportunity that you have uh, right now. You know, there's some people that um, have less experience than I do, and they're leading the entire sales 
development function, but perhaps they're at a 50 person company, right? I'm, uh, I'm not quite the leader leading the entire SDR team at Greenhouse, but I oversee 11 people, including our EMEA side um, of the business that we're just starting to get off the ground. And so for me, the opportunity isn't like, oh, wow, I should be the head of an entire sales development uh, team right now. It's like, what can I gain right now that I maybe wouldn't get if I jumped ship to another company where I could just lead the, the sales development function? So I think it's about slowing down and just like thinking about the opportunity in front of you in this moment in time. That's awesome. Yeah. Exceptional advice. Uh, you don't hear it. You don't hear it enough as a early career sales professional um, and something that everybody can learn from and take to heart and improve their careers. Uh, well, Mariah, this was super impactful. Our audience is going to absolutely love it. Um, they're going to love your perspective on all things sales development, all things leadership, uh, career path, and, and much more. So thank you so much for being on the How I Sell podcast. And we hope to have you on one day in the future again. Thanks so much, Danny. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.